Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode is sponsored by Agenda 14. Learn more at agenda.com. And there's a bunch of cool features, like you can do a thing called cursor chat, where you can just start typing and it appears next to your cursor. So if you're just like in a file and someone's doing some work and you really like it, you can go over and just be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Have you thought about this? It's that really nice balance between like synchronous and asynchronous work in, in one space. And you could have someone like in a editing like a shape with some text in and one person could be changing the size of the shape and the color of it and another person can be changing the text. So it's been really fun to have it on the iPad as well, for sure. Welcome back to our episode of iPad Pros. On this episode is Robert Bai, the project manager of native apps at Figma. Figma is a collaborative design tool aimed primarily at website and app designers. It is available on the iPad via an awesome web app and native app that now has creation tools in its FigJam part of the app. In this episode, we deep dive into all things Figma and FigJam. As a reminder, this episode is sponsored by Agenda. Learn more at www.agenda.com. And I'll have a bit more to share about Agenda later on in this episode. With that, here's my interview with Robert. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Robert. Can you first introduce yourself and how you use the iPad? Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, yes, I'm, I'm Robert. I'm a product manager um, at Figma, um, and I work on some of our native products. So that's obviously the iPad, but um, also some of the mobile and desktop products as well. Um, and yeah, I think like I I use my iPad um, Pro quite a lot actually. So I have I do have like a MacBook, um, one of like the M1 M1 MacBooks, um, like plugged into my desk, and it kind of sits there most of the time. And then whenever I kind of working from like elsewhere and like from a sofa or from bed or want to go for a coffee shop um, and work from there that's when I kind of use my iPad so I would say like a solid like two three hours a day is like it's my primary device and then I still have like a, a big a big 32 inch monitor for kind of like um, some like proper big multi multi-screen yeah. kind of work stuff and uh, what's your current setup what iPad Pro are you using um, I have the one that was just before the M1 series, sadly. So I bought it at a very bad time. Um, but to be, to be honest, I don't really notice it that much. Um, so yeah, it's the 11 inch one. Uh, I have like the magic keyboard, uh, like folio thing as well. Yeah. Um, and then I also actually have an iPad mini, um, the latest one, which I use for oh, nice. like my job and for like testing on. So yeah. I still, I use that little one quite a lot, just like in the hand, in bed, kind of like watching things on it but my my main kind of work device is definitely the one with the keyboard very cool and uh do you sell your on your 11 inch i don't actually i tether to my phone um often what is what i do so i kind of use that quite a bit nice and then a lot of coffee shops nowadays are thankfully they have decent ish wi-fi to yeah. a point so yeah, i try exactly. and try and use that when i can and are you an apple pencil guy and like having the new gen 2 you can just magnetically just pop it on whichever one you're at which would be nice yeah that is i do that quite a lot i it's funny i kind of i leave it on my ipad mini most of the time because it kind of looks cute um and i sometimes <laughs> use that for like uh like note taking and things like that on it um and even just like i sometimes find it's kind of easy to like pan around and scroll using it because it's kind of a less intrusive thing especially if you're just like sitting on a sofa it's kind of a nice way to kind of navigate around it yeah. um but i i don't do much drawing on the smaller device i usually do it on ipad pros i do like a bunch of like wireframe sketching and things like that is the kind of primary use case for it um but yeah it's interesting it's it is nice having the ability to jump between ipads and it's, it's definitely very privileged to be able to have two ipads as well yeah. for sure and yeah it does feel great just using the pencil for navigation there's something tactile about it that just is it's a nice sensation yeah definitely i mean like it's, it's still great to be able to like 
use it and be able to like pinch zoom and all that sort of other gestures as well but yeah. i think it's just like web pages aren't very touch friendly some of them so it's kind of nice to be able to have that like precision for when you kind of want to like click a small link that's not great for like a stumpy finger i guess definitely yeah so uh any other general ipad topics you want to touch on before we move on to figma and fig jam um i mean i'm intrigued to see if you have any thoughts on like what's next and if there's anything going to be at wwdc in a few weeks because I'm iPads to me feel like they've got to a point where the spec bumps don't really make much of a difference. The format's pretty defined. Um, So I'm like intrigued to see if you have any thoughts on like extra value Apple could add to like the hardware side of things at least. I mean, the trackpad magic keyboard thing was a major change. And yeah, um, I think the next major change, hopefully, we'll see like in a couple of weeks here is uh, external display support. Uh, and that would be another because the iPad to me, it's been evolving. First, we had Apple Pencil with, you know, now we have the trackpad. It's all about input. And like the more variety you can have an in input and interaction styles, the better. And I think the external display is kind of the next hurdle of um, allowing more flexibility in usage. Yeah, like that's to be honest, that's still the reason I can't use it as more than I want more than I currently do because when i plug it into a display i don't want it to have it the same like ratio and the same like zoomed in pixelness and yeah it'd be nice to have like a four quadrant thing that's different from what your ipad main screen is doing down below exactly so but it's i I use it a bunch of like universal control and like a second screen but it would be nice to be able to have it go back the other way um Especially because like most of my most of my time spent in like Slack and things like that. So yeah. And if they add this, I'd love a, a clamshell mode where uh, it, you can pair it with the Mac Magic Keyboard with um, the Touch ID, and you could do authentication from that Bluetooth Touch ID keyboard. And if you're pairing it with um, the Studio Display, have that um, microphone and camera work with the iPad. That would all be just gravy for a really killer external display support. Yeah, because I'm intrigued to see because like with the the processor they haven't got like one of the apple like a somethings in the display so part of me thinks that they might support like over like wireless kind of display support from the ipad and that could be like a really cool way to kind of connect backwards that way but i don't think there's a wi-fi chip inside the display itself is the problem i think it's that chip i think I'm not sure if it'll do anything outside of center stage and audio, yeah, spatial audio true. stuff. But I don't know. Uh, they might figure some other cool stuff out with it. But um, Yeah, definitely. It'd be cool know. to have that for sure. Yeah, I'm very excited for WDC, which uh, when this episode comes out, I think will just be in a couple weeks here. So very exciting. Yeah, so we won't make too many bad predictions then. Right. <laughs> so Figma. Now, for those that have never heard the word Figma before, what... What is Figma? Yeah, so Figma is basically like a design platform. Um, it's built for teams to kind of be able to like create products together. So things like websites and apps and a lot of things beyond that as well. And it's like originally and, and still is primarily like a web-based tool. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of used from teams from everything from like brainstorming through like designing. And it basically helps like teams work together to build great products um, right from like idea um through to kind of like handing it off to um developers and stuff so there's a lot of like things within that um but basically it's a, it's a collaborative tool um that's yeah designed for dig- creating digital products um with teams okay and we're talking like designing like user interfaces for any basically digital interfaces right so you're looking at apps and the interfaces there and you're looking at websites and interfaces for that are there any other kind of broad products that figma's 
good with working at yes i mean like definitely that's that's the core of it and like a lot of companies you know kind of designing figma so like airbnb google microsoft netflix like a lot of the big companies um everything you use has at some point existed as some pixels in figma to kind of like design things out um and that's kind of like like the core of kind of what figma does and does really well um but then there's obviously a lot of use cases when you kind of have a kind of an infinite almost infinite canvas to kind of create in people use it for lots of different things as well so you get people using it for like illustration or kind of um doing like floor plan layouts for like a new kind of building um or even just like basically anything that involves putting shapes and textures and things onto a canvas people use it for so yeah it's very very varied and you see a lot of very innovative use cases as well of it very cool and brand new to figma is this ipad app called fig jam so what's this new app all about yeah so so fig jam launched um in beta um on web last year and it came out of beta about two months ago now um and it's basically if you think of like fig figma as a place to kind of design um like user interfaces and a place to kind of be able to design stuff that is ready to handle for engineering ready for builds FigJam is basically like the first part of that process and a lot more as well so it's effectively like an online whiteboarding tool um it allows teams to kind of like ideate brainstorm together run workshops and it's primarily was designed for like the early stage of design process so Mm -hmm. like wireframe sketching things like that but kind of more and more we're seeing it used by people just for like in meetings and remote work and to really kind of be a a fun and enjoyable kind of place to like collaborate and like sketch ideas out together so it's a very very broad sense and then yeah we launched it on ipad um just over a month ago now which is kind of really interesting and it's obviously the core products the same but just the way people use it on ipad is is like increasingly different and really really interesting because people generally are like doing more solo work on it and doing more kind of like deep dive brainstorming things whereas um obviously on web it's a lot more focused around like collaboration and kind of like synchronous meeting time as well and the collaboration is it like a google docs where you're having multiple people in there and you're seeing stuff move around inside a design or a fig jam yeah definitely it's kind of yeah if you imagine like how google docs work this is kind of the next level up so not only do you see like what people are selecting you actually can see their cursors and the cursors kind of move around the screen so you can not only see what they're changing but also like their actual position on the canvas and that in itself is like a really really cool thing because it kind of has that sense of like being in the same room together even when you're remotely and there's a bunch of cool features like you can do a thing called cursor chat where you can just start typing and it appears next to your cursor so if you're just like in a file and someone's doing some work and you really like it, you can go over and just be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Have you thought about this? Um, and it's kind of, it's that really nice balance between like synchronous and asynchronous work in, in one space. And yeah. it's been really fun to have it on the iPad as well, for sure. Nice. And how do you guys handle if two people are trying to move the same kind of element of a document around? You have to ask some of our uh, the founders who worked on that. There's, there's a lot of amazing things with around like how do you um, like live merge changes. So yeah. you could have someone like in a editing like a shape with some text in and one person could be changing the size of the shape and the color of it and the person can be changing the text. So it's a very, very powerful tool that it has that like true synchronous collaboration and technically wise, um, I'm sure there's some blog posts written about how it works, but it's... um. It's very cool to see when you're kind of doing things like that with someone else. Yeah, because Google Docs, I understand just it's text, but Fig, Figma and FigJam, it's like all sorts of other things outside of the simple solution of, of text. So that's yeah, and it, like you, 
yeah, again, people are editing like drop shadows and color gradients and formatting and grouping. And um, on Fig Jam, the same thing as well. You can have like people sketching over the things at the same time. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And I think that's what's um, like really powerful about it being kind of web based is that it works on like it works on iPads, it works on Windows, it works on Macs, it works on browser, it works on Chromebook, and everyone kind of gets the same experience um, on all platforms, which I think is, yeah, really, really powerful and makes it like very easy for anyone to kind of access this tool you don't need like a very powerful like two thousand dollar m1 macbook to kind of use it so it's great for that yeah and with fig jam you guys had a beta process Uh, during that process did you guys discover just creative uses that i'm now seeing in the templates that there's there seems to be a lot of uses beyond what Figma's core, you know, job is all about with web design and app design. There's a lot of just just very different uses of of FigJam that I've seen in there. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I mean, like, I I'm not a designer, like a product manager, so most of my time is spent like talking to teams and making sure we're like building the right things for our kind of like customer base and making sure we're doing the right um like launching the stuff that people really enjoy using. And I think what's fascinating is like I probably spend like 80% of my time in FigJam, um, not Figma. So I use Figma, obviously, to kind of work with the designers and give feedback and those sort of things. But a lot of my time is spent kind of, we use it for like building roadmaps. We use it for um, kind of doing sprint reviews. We use it for team meetings. People are sharing like updates of like, have they got a new dog and kind of like sharing photos of that in a meeting. And um, I think it's like you said, like the template stuff's like crazy to see how, people in the community come together and create really interesting things that you wouldn't think of. So there's genuinely a template for everything and it's a very exciting place to kind of be. And one thing I like as well is like creating our own templates internally. So we have like a weekly kind of all hands meeting with everyone on the native team and we use a single template for that. And you can kind of create your own things and keep coming back to them, which is, it's nice because it makes white, like a white blank canvas can be intimidating but Mm -hmm. when you kind of start with a template it makes it like super easy to kind of start from there what have been some of your favorite templates you've seen created by the community since release yeah so i think like uh, some of the ones i really enjoy is like um it sounds very bland but really useful is like retro templates for like once you've shipped something like how you can kind of collect feedback and you can get everyone from the team kind of like sharing um their kind of like insights of like what went well what didn't go well and some of the times like those templates by community amazing for that and i think also just how people have made some like really cool like to-do lists and like similar to kind of how people share their like notion template pages are kind of starting to mm-hmm. see some of those things happening with fig jam where people are adapting things to like here's a really cool like how i manage my week as a product manager and a template for that and there's a lot of really interesting use cases there for sure very cool uh so before we dive all the way deep into fig jam uh, I want to bounce back to Figma just briefly here. So the Figma iPad app is mostly like a view-only kind of experience right now. Uh, then I hopped on Safari, and it's a very wonderful like web app where you can do all of the creation work right there in Safari, especially if you have an external trackpad. It seems very iPad-friendly on that end of things. Are there any aspects of the web app that need like a desktop browser, or is all of that pretty fully functional within Safari on iPad, if you have a, like a trackpad. Yes, I mean, like technically speaking, it does it does work pretty pretty well um, in the kind of Safari mobile browser. Um, definitely on iPad, and when you have a kind of a, a cursor and a keyboard. But one of the kind of reasons we're still um, not launching that, like, and we're looking into it, um, is just around kind of 
the core use cases of iPad and iPads are like much more like gestural experiences. They're much more like, I guess like fast flowing and like imprecise is kind of a way of doing it. And that yeah. saying that like a positive sense as well. Right. And I think when it comes to like figment design, it is a precision tool where you're trying to get like pixel perfect designs and interacting that with like fingers and kind of a, a like inverted commons cursor, which is like a kind of the dots. It's still not hyper precise and it does work in the browser and you can do some things, but there's, it's just not at the level of experience, which we'd be happy with, um, like at Figma. So it's something that we're always looking at and a lot of our community always want to have like Figma editing on iPad. But when we kind of looked at it and started using FigJam, it's FigJam is definitely the place where we kind of wanted to start from because it instantly feels very at home in a touch environment. And that kind of fluidity and that feeling of control, I think is what the iPad excels at. So it's not something that we're like, necessarily going to do but it's something that we're definitely looking at is kind of the more higher fidelity aspects of it um but there's still a lot of value in, in viewing files and collaborating on the go um and i really enjoy being able to like have our designer share some mocks and some designs and i can jump into the file have a pan around and i can kind of like jump on a call with them and give feedback so there's definitely value in there but i think it's it's an area that we are exploring for sure yeah yeah i think the trackpad and apple pencil combo creates some interesting input opportunity especially with the trackpad being able to you're able to customize in a native app what that trackpad actually looks like and does so you can do some pretty interesting things um on that angle yeah definitely i think it's like it's one of those things where ipads are very complex to build for because you have to always assume that someone just has an ipad and they right. won't have the pencil and they won't have the keyboard and they won't have the touchpad and the experience is so vastly different it between is, those right? like input yeah. things and it's a it's one of the most enjoyable products, like as in one of the most enjoyable like hardware devices to build for because you have like almost infinite variations and it's like there's moments where someone will be using like two fingers on the uh, trackpad to pinch the zoom whilst using Apple Pencil to draw and then there's someone who's like using keyboard shortcuts and there's someone who's just using a single finger to like poke around and it's a challenge to work for and I think it's also a challenge because you don't get full insight into what devices a user has so you kind of mm-hmm. don't know how to present the UI so it's something that we're always looking at and I think it's um it's a very it's a very fun challenge and a very entertaining product to kind of design for for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting cuz like on like PlayStation for example, there's certain games that it's like oh, VR required or like some certain controller features required and if you're using like an a third-party controller this just won't work. On iPad and Apple uh, App Store, there is no like magic keyboard required <laughs> yeah like, true true yeah there, there's none of that it's just like every app should work and yeah on the mac you have every mac's gonna have some kind of pointing device right yeah definitely and I, I think i mean like i kind of approve and like appreciate how apple has kind of done that because you end up in a situation with like some windows computers where you haven't got the right drivers or you haven't got the hardware and it is nice kind of knowing that everything should be optimized for all experiences um but it does put the the lift on the kind of like products and engineering teams to kind of think around that and think about all those use cases so um i imagine that's probably one of the reasons there's not touch screens on um max yet is because there's a lot of complexity when you start adding new input methods for sure yeah definitely so one idea that someone shared with me um, a couple episodes back was the potential of like in the future of coding and we we're talking about Swift UI and like how I hate uh, designing, you know, I'm not a developer, but the one part I'd, I'd love a g- purely graphical way of designing a user interface like Figma does. And the idea of perhaps exporting a Figma project as Swift UI, they could just copy and paste this code in the like playgrounds on iPad or an Xcode file 
and you'd have your preliminary uh, your preliminary uh, UI work all done. Is that something that's even like remotely a possibility the way coding works and Figma's like graphical stuff works and all that? Yes, I mean like it kind of like design to code and like dev tools is something that we always explore and like our user base consists of everyone from like product managers like myself through designers through to engineers and we're always looking at ways to kind of like close that loop and make it really useful for everyone um and i think like we have our kind of like inspect tools at the moment which provides like some utility to like engineers and developers but that's something that we really want to kind of like there's a lot of value there and i think there's a lot of engineers who would love to see that but that better so um it's including everyone in the design process and that like product process is really important to us so yeah i'm sure i'm sure at some point there'll be some things adding adding there as well and you can you can already see like some elements of code on like in css ios and android when you're kind of in that inspect mode so um it's something that like we're always looking to add more value to the people who use the product so i'm sure it's something that we'll we'll do at some point very cool and in figma i'm not super familiar with like if you add a button in figma can you tell when you like is there like a simulator mode where you're like in a live preview where you tap a button and it opens up a different screen and you can kind of like make a fake fake app almost within figma is that yeah no you can do like really powerful stuff there's a whole um there's a whole like prototyping functionality which is amazing where you can kind of like have components in different states and they can link to each other and you can you can get things feeding very very real um a lot faster than coding as well to a point and i think we, we, a lot of people use that for kind of user testing and that kind of links quite nicely with like what we do in the mobile app where we allow people to view prototypes on their phones so a designer can kind of create an experience have various user journeys various like button states have them all kind of like interact with each other and feel very real um like right down to kind of like hover over states and tap states like all those things can be kind of like built nice. um and then you can view it on your phone as a prototype which then is like um has like no chrome so it's like right. full screen full bleed and it feels like a native app and you can then really play around with it so that is like something i've used like in my past life as a designer is like mocking things up showing people having them poke around it and it means you can get feedback really really quickly from users without having to kind of even write a line of code so there's like a lot of value there um in prototyping and it's um it's a very surprisingly fun thing to start doing when you start seeing these really cool like transitions and built-in like animation curves and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking web design. It'd be so cool to be able to export HTML from a Figma project and just, you know, I remember the days I used to use like Rapid Weaver to make websites and it was a fully graphical way of just what you see is what you get in uploads and there it is. Uh, yeah. It'd be amazing to just have like a upload to web and it just yeah. works. That would be like, <laughs> that'd be, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. This episode of Apple Pros is sponsored by Agenda. In this quick break, I want to share a little bit about why I love their approach to notes. Agenda, if you haven't tried it out, is a great note-taking app that really thoughtfully integrates your calendar and reminders into your notes. If you have a meeting coming up, you can use an Agenda note to prepare for that meeting and have all of the information related to that meeting on hand. If you use the whiteboard at that meeting, you can also use Agenda to capture that whiteboard with your camera and include it with your notes so whatever work that needs to be done after is all in one place. And now with Agenda 14, linking to other notes has never been easier, making gathering up all the relevant notes easier than ever. I also love the organization system in Agenda. You can divide out the main aspects of your life or job and from those main categories create different projects for everything you are working on and the new smart system in Agenda 14 allows you to auto-hide the projects that you haven't touched in a while, helping you focus on your active projects. 
Your notes, unlike a task manager, have a few different states that is all conveyed through a single radio button. Filled in yellow indicates your task is on the agenda, or it is up top of mind and shown in a special on the agenda view, letting you view everything important in your life from all of your projects all in one place. A simple tap of the radio button lets you take it off the agenda or mark it as done if the note has a completion state you want to indicate. If you've ever tried using a task manager to take notes and were frustrated by that experience, give Agenda a try. It's the note-taking app that actually helps you stay on track with work and personal projects. Each Agenda note can be linked to a calendar event, and once you link that note, it'll tell you that in the header of that note. And if it's coming up, it'll say, hey, tomorrow at 10.30 a.m., you have this meeting coming up, and here's the note that you need to be working on to be ready for that meeting. The powerful integration with the calendar reminder system is something that I use constantly and something I find super helpful making sure I stay on track with upcoming meetings that I have. Best of all, the app is loaded to the brim with keyboard shortcuts, letting you navigate with ease. And now with Agenda 14, the app is more keyboard friendly than ever. Listen to the last two episodes of this podcast for details on the incredible new smart entry bar now included in Agenda 14. Another thing I just love about Agenda is their business model. When you upgrade to get all the premium agenda features, you aren't signing up for a yearly subscription plan. You get to keep every premium feature that's released in the next 12 months, and only if Agenda delivers new premium features you think are worth paying for, do you have to pay again. The developers are constantly working on making you happy as a premium customer during your business again and again. If you do decide that you actually do want a subscription, so you don't need to remember to sign up next year when you want the new features, there is also now that subscription option that gives you a discount over the standard premium price. And just like buying premium, you get to keep all the features of premium if you decide to cancel that subscription. So there's no harm in subscribing and getting that discount. To learn more, go to agenda.com. That's www.agenda.com. And download Agenda today for free from the App Store to get started. My thanks again to Agenda for sponsoring this episode of iProPros. Learn more at Agenda.com. So um, back to FigJam, uh, something I noticed right away is the idea of this timer. You have, you know, I think you can set the different durations, but I think it's all 15 minutes to like jam out an idea. Is that something you're seeing a lot of use of, of like... We have 15 minutes. Let's get this little project done and move on to something else. Yeah, I think like time is an interesting one. And I think like I use it a lot in meetings when we're kind of like, oh, let's spend like 15 minutes just playing around with these ideas and we'll come back and like share them with each other. And the cool thing is the timer like is in sync between everyone. So it's not like a timer on your just your computer or your iPad. It's in sync across everyone who's in the file at the moment. So So you don't have to have one bad person say time's up and everyone else is like, yeah exactly and it like it, it pings on it like there's like a nice little sound effect that like plays on everyone's everyone's computers um and you can see it in the top corner the whole time as well so yeah that's kind of a nicest for like if you're in like a big meeting and you need to take away like either like five minutes to have like a break to go make a cup of tea or something you can kind of do that or it can be more work-based where it's like let's spend five minutes like writing out ideas around this thing and then and then sharing them back so that's kind of like the clarity use case but individually i use it a bit when it's like oh i have a meeting in 20 minutes and i want to do some work i can just like work in fig jam set a timer and then i'm not i'm not late for a meeting which is quite nice so yeah there's a lot of different uses for sure so internally how do you guys use figma and fig jam to like improve the products themselves i imagine 
these products are actually really great at improving <laughs> the actual product that you know you're building uh, with Figma. Yeah, it's, there's definitely some like level of meta-ness <laughs> right. when you're kind of like there's times when we are like designing the iPad app on our like desktop product and then we're showing how you would show a iPhone prototype on the iPad app. So there's like three levels deep of like Figma screens. So it's, uh, it's the tools obviously we use to build it and I think like a lot of the product team and we use our, we use FigJam so much um, and like we use it for like a lot of our like quarterly business reviews for lots of strategy meetings from like sketching out ideas to kind of like team socials where we do like quick drawing competitions so there's like a I think what's really interesting with a tool like especially like FigJam is you can use it for very very important very like business critical meetings and it has that level of fidelity where you can create like really tightly knit and organized like presentations in like FigJam but you can also use it as like a very very scrappy kind of collaboration tool and I think we it's been one of like the biggest game changers for like at least in my workflow kind of how we use it all the time and I think it's um it's a very very powerful tool and one of the really really cool aspects is you can you can create stuff like in Figma design and you can kind of create interesting like components with different states and different like drop downs and different color states and then you can copy paste those like into FigJam. So we have like in our like weekly team sprint review, we have um a little like tool thing we built which ha- shows just a like what you're working on this week, what's the status of it, um like how far along the timeline are you on working on it and people can like update update those components in FigJam and they've been like custom designed for like our team. So it's a really flexible tool and when when partnered with like figma as well you can kind of you can really shape it to the sort of product you need um alongside the kind of more looser kind of aspects of like drawing and sketching very cool and um in fig jam what kind of tools are available to like there's you know shapes and different things you can use in your project what kind of tools are available in there for people to use yes i mean there's the kind of the the like obvious ones to a point so there's like a pen tool like a highlighter tool there's like an eraser um then there's like post-it notes as well and that and like text box so they're they're all kind of like the kind of expected ones and i think what's really interesting is there's some kind of like really cool new features with like a thing called like sections which basically allows you to like create like a mini area in your whiteboard and we use that for like organizing either like stages of workshops um, or other aspects and then there's um like a few fun features like we have like a washi tape thing that we launched on our like april fun day that people like really liked and wanted us to kind of keep using and so that's like graphic tape you can lay around in the file and makes it quite fun as well um but then there's like the really powerful tool sets of like what we call like widgets which are like interactive things that have been coded and built by people so you can get things like activity trackers like bar charts you can get like a voting tool an alignment scale and all these like really powerful tools that have been built by our community that you can kind of download and add and they're all like web-based and interactive and there's even things like um like a weather widget that tells you weather in your location so if you're in a meeting with people you can all add in your own location your weather and it will like show that thing so there's like a there's such a big breadth of stuff and i think the fact that people can build their own widgets as well is like a really really powerful way of kind of like adding more value to like a canvas as well 
Very cool. And the widgets, how do you get those into the iPad from the community? Is there some kind of, uh, do you have to go through Safari or is that actually in the iPad app? It's, some- yeah, so that's coming soon to iPad. Um, at the moment, you, you can you can use them. So like if someone on web adds it to the canvas you're in, you can use it. Um, but we're looking at how to kind of bring that to iPad soon. Um, there's a lot of complexity around kind of like how to search and find those things. And it's we want to kind of deliver it correctly. So, um, but yeah, that, that will be coming soon to iPad. But in the meantime, you can go to like the FigJam in your, in your browser on desktop and, and see it there. Cool. Yeah, I know um, OmniGraffle has a bunch of community stuff and they, they have like within their app the, the access to that. And that'll be really cool to see when, um, when FigJam has all that community stuff right within the app because those widgets sound super powerful. Like I can see people building out a little dashboard just for themselves uh, with these widgets. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like people kind of code up really cool stuff and yeah, there's like there's like the kind of simpler tools like yeah, tables and calendars, but there's a lot of complex things you can build like even like stock trackers like you can just have things like that which is quite fun. And yeah, there's like there's a lot of joy in FigJam and like there's like tic-tac-toe and like rock paper scissors and there's lots of fun things like that. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots lots of cool ways to kind of like use um use FigJam and use the widgets to kind of like really elevate how you kind of do meetings and stuff. And then I saw stamps uh being a thing in fig fig jam and kind of different from what I initially thought they'd be for it. It's kind of like a, a way of signaling as you're real time collaborating. If you know, you like this aspect design and have you seen stamps being utilized since release? Yeah. So we like, there's like, like thumbs up, thumbs down, heart emojis, like question marks plus ones. That's kind of most of them. But, um, so we use that a lot for like, if you're reading someone's post-it note in like a workshop, you can just plus one it, um, which kind of obviously indicates that. And there's even, there's actually a widget for like plus oneing that then you can click and it makes it into like plus two, plus three, et cetera. Um, but there's also like, you get a, like, there's a, um, a stamp like of your own face as well, which is really cool. So if you're kind of like doing a, a voting thing and you want to kind of like see or like an alignment scale to see where you agree, you can kind of use that stamp to kind of indicate what you want to do. So we use those in like, meetings to kind of indicate what your focus is on on like a bunch of different areas you can like stamp what your focus is on this week um but then just in general it's like there's a lot of ways of like background interaction so there's obviously like in a in a meeting or like a workshop there's someone who's leading it but everyone else who's collaborating has different ways to kind of communicate and get involved so like like cursor chat like i mentioned but stamps is another great way of kind of expressing that as well very cool and then something i thought was really nifty is the ability to include code snippets in a fig jam project and there's support for a bunch of languages you know swift c plus plus ruby and i think 14 languages in total so when you put that code in is it rendering that or is it just like telling the the app to like this is code and treat it somehow differently or what's the use of this yes i haven't actually used it that much myself i like the times we have used it being for just like sharing code snippets like in meetings but also we kind of use it as like a fun text field as well sometimes so like not for its real use case but i imagine it's like on like engineering meetings maybe people use those a bit more um but it's kind of an interesting way of just like having because I like share code and share it like formatted in the correct way as well. Nice. Yeah. So you tell, you actually tell it what type of code this is. So it's going to format it appropriately for that code. It's not going to like try to input some, some stuff that shouldn't be in the code. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. And then on the iPad, you also have the ability to import media. And I think this is both video and photos. Is that right? Um, I haven't just actually photos. tried yeah. video, but I know it works with photos and GIFs. Um, I know that much. I will try, I'll try video after this and see if it works. Yeah. 
think video might get a bit uh, large. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. And like, I think you can do like embedded YouTube videos and stuff. Um, yeah, but I haven't actually tried that myself. So yeah, but um, media is like really handy. It's like I I use it on my iPad a lot for like if I'm working on like some like new kind of concepts and more strategy stuff, we can just go and pull images from the web and just drag and drop it straight in. You can use it in like split view as well, and it's really handy for that. Um, but yeah, also we use it in like our team meetings. We every week we kind of share what our focus is on. Um, we share like a personal update, which might be like, as I said, like someone um, just got a new puppy recently, so we have our weekly puppy update, and there's a photo usually of that as well. Um, so it's kind of it's like a fun way to kind of add a bit more um, like richer kind of content yeah. to it, and then from like a, a more kind of work standpoint as well, you can. Yeah, you can add in things with brainstorms. You can use a camera on your iPad to kind of take a photo, some like hand-drawn sketches, and then you can kind of riff on those and build out from there as well. So it's just kind of we're starting to look at like how we can take advantage of some of the uniqueness of iPad and mm-hmm. how it's got multiple kind of inputs. And I think those things, I think, are going to add like a lot of value kind of in the future when we're kind of yeah using things like the front and back-facing camera and able to kind of interact in that way as well. Have you guys experimented with the uh, scanning feature that's system-wide on iPad, like uh, ability to just scan within Figma to like a Fig Jam? We haven't actually. That's a really oh, we should look at that because that's quite an interesting thing of like how you can combine like two D paper sketches and scan them in and have them imported as like something you can actually interact with on your yeah. um, in Fig Jam. So yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that we're only just starting to tap into, and there's obviously like the true depth camera, and there's there's some sure some opportunities around like AR as well. So there's definitely we're just starting to kind of tap into all the areas that we could use the iPad for. Yeah, and um, one area I'm curious about is Apple Pencil. Any advantage of using the pencil outside just extra precision uh, currently? Yeah, so we like there, there's going to be. I think we've implemented like the double tap to switch between like the eraser and the. Um, kind of tool but yeah. i think over time we're going to add a lot more value there as well there's there's a lot of work we want to do around like gestures and like undo redo like panning and i think obviously you get like a lot of extra kind of input about like um pressure sensitive sensitivity as well so that's it that area that's an area again we kind of are just starting to explore an ipad and um we're always aiming to kind of improve how it feels to use and i think the pencil we have there's a way we can go to make it feel really really nice cool yeah and you mentioned gestures. Are there any kind of like hidden gestures in Fig Jam that aren't immediately obvious? So not like specific to iPad. There's a bunch of like fun little quirks you can do. So um, like one of them is like if you're in like the cursor chat thing, there's certain like words that make animations happen. So if you're like writing like love this or something, the word love indicates like heart emojis coming out of it. Or if you start putting exclamation marks, um, exclamation points after the word, it kind of starts shaking the bubble as well. So yeah. there's like some like emotion that you try and bring in, which I think like the Fig Jam team and Figma as a whole does really well. Um, and I'm sure we'll start doing cool things like that on iPads because there's there's like a lot of cool inputs you get from iPad, which we can definitely do some do some fun things yeah. with. So. Yeah, keep keep trying stuff because like there's a lot of fun little hidden features that we we do add and we do play around with. Right. Yeah. And something I did notice right away is keyboard shortcuts are plentiful in Fig Jam. Do you have any favorites that you use uh, when you're working in that? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like there's the ones to like jump between tools as well. Um, so like I think it's like S is for sticky notes, L's for line, all those kind of useful ones. Um, then there's a kind of like the like fun things with just like grouping stuff aligning stuff and quick ways of doing those ones so i think just like keeping those into like general like usage um is like a i'm like a pretty 
heavy keyboard shock keyboard shortcut user um and have one of those little like um elgato desk mini display shortcutty things i have a bunch of shortcuts out for fig jam as well um so there's like yeah some there's some cool stuff you can do and i think like yeah there's definitely some like the auto tidying stuff so you have like a bunch of post-it notes there's like i think it's like control alt t just like ties it up into like a grid for you automatically and there's some there's a bunch of really useful things there for sure nice and has your team looked into the um the iPad OS ability to hold like the command key to show all the available shortcuts. Yeah, that's a, a system wide thing that we probably we probably should do. Um, there's a there we do have a way of um, I think it's command slash kind of brings up like the quick menu and then you can yeah. show keyboard shortcuts um, if you type that in and then there's like a little thing that comes out the bottom and that will show you like all of the keyboard shortcuts and also highlight the ones you've already used. So that's quite a nice way to like help discover like what things are useful to you um but yeah the native the, nat- the native implementation is um would probably be quite handy especially when there's like a dearth of shortcuts in fig jam as well yeah and then you could type a couple letters to filter out what you're looking for for shortcuts um yeah that'd be cool exactly yeah apple shortcuts uh automation is that something that has the community expressed any kind of like cool uses of what they'd like to see there eventually i haven't actually seen much of that mentioned kind of on like things like twitter yet but i think there's apple shortcuts is definitely like a pro ipad user level um but i imagine a lot of people who use fig jammer kind of like and figma are like interested in those things so i imagine there's some cool stuff we could do with like bringing in content from other apps and automating some things so yeah i think that's something that we should probably like it'll be interesting thing to look at to see where where and if there's some interesting value there yeah for sure and um is there ability to link to like a fig jam so say if i have a calendar event could i in that calendar event have a link to a fig jam and it opens up fig jam on my ipad to that document is that something yeah so like often what we have is like um you can either link to like a folder which you can use for like a standing meeting where you're always creating a new one in there or you can just share a url um of the fig jam kind of file so every time you create a file there is a url and you can add that to a calendar event so nice. we do that quite a lot for like meetings or like kind of qbr type things where the document is has already been made and we're kind of aiming to come in to kind of have discussion around it so you can share that out and share it as part of the event as well so um yeah it's really really handy for that very cool and um any cool stories since you've launched fig jam and ipad from the community you know ways you've seen fig jam use that kind of surprised you yeah i mean it's always it's always really nice when you kind of you launch something and then you see not only like it being used in the way you're assumed it will be because like one of the areas that we always felt would be a big part of FigJam on iPad is kind of wireframing and just letting people kind of sketch out um, interfaces before they kind of go into design in Figma and then get developed Um, and we've seen a few people do like YouTube videos like walking through it and showing how they kind of use that and that's always really it's always nice to see how you think something would work kind of like come to fruition and actually um, be used in that way but I think like equally as satisfying is seeing um, like seeing it using like really interesting way so seeing people do like mood boarding or seeing people like planning event in it or just like using it as like a really a really cool and really powerful note-taking tool um that's always really fun so yeah i have a i have a lot of automated twitter searches and alerts popping up so if anyone does anything cool and they kind of share it it definitely gets seen by us and we we do like a lot of those tweets end up in our like channels and slack and people are like always like oh that's a really cool way of doing it or like oh wow that's a really fun thing if we did these things that can make that even better so 
it's a figma's amazing company where we are like listening to the community and listening to kind of our customer base and all our users and i think it's um yeah the often like an interesting use case can suddenly end up being a feature that gets shipped in like a few months time so yeah um yeah we definitely we're aware of those like fun fun edge cases that were really kind of cool to see very cool and is there like a proper workflow of getting from fig jam to figma proper is there a migration stuff or is it mostly here's a reference document to build from and start from scratch in figma proper yeah so you can just copy and paste between them so you can just like select anything and they work kind of equally in both and that's what's really that's what's really cool so you can copy and paste like a whole complex design file straight into like fig jam and then you can kind of like sketch over and iterate on it so um there's a lot of like really fun ways of doing things so for instance we've seen people um like do some wireframe sketching on FigJam on their iPad. They then go to FigJam on their computer, have a quick look at it, tidy it up, and then copy and paste those hand-drawn sketches into Figma itself, and then actually design the final like production-ready app alongside those sketches. So that's one really cool aspect of like the two products that we have at Figma is that things do work like well between them. So you can kind of move move content between the things really easily. Um, and then in a more kind of like tangible approach, you can like, we we use um, Figma design for creating our own like presentations and like pitch decks in. And then we kind of paste those into FigJam and then people can like stick post-it notes and sketch over them as well. So there's definitely like coming from both angles. That is a really fun experience. Yeah. And I just thought universal control must be pretty cool being able to just copy, you know, if you have your iPad sitting next to a Mac, you can just copy from FigJam and then, you know, copy over to your Mac or I don't even know how drag and drop probably wouldn't work that well because you're dragging an element from the I Fig haven't Jam actually app, tried that. It yeah. might work. It's one of those things I've tried, but yeah, copy and pasting definitely works. And I, I have done that a bunch between like, if I'm on like a Zoom meeting with people, um, I have that on my monitor. Then I have my iPad with the like FigJam file open so I can like be more involved and in sketching it. And then you can kind of like copy things back and forth and move between them. So yeah, universal control is definitely like a bit of a game changer with kind of like making your iPad more useful on your desk. Um, and I think, I personally think there's a lot of, really cool things that we could do um to kind of leverage that a bit more especially when you're kind of like doing design work in figma itself like what could you do on the ipad that you could then like leverage so yeah there's a bunch of really cool things that i imagine a lot of companies are seeing kind of the new opportunity with universal control and being like this is a really cool very seamless experience and it works better than any of us hoped for so i think there's gonna be some really cool features soon yeah something cool i heard is you can actually um use the magic trackpad on the ipad to control your mac which is like the opposite which is nice yeah that was super I did that like accidentally recently and then was like, where's my cursor? And then I found it on my computer and was like, oh, I did not realize that. That's very, very cool. So yeah. it's kind of makes me want to have like a Mac plugged into like a 60 inch TV and then sit on my sofa and work from it from my iPad. And that would be like really cool. So yeah, we can dream. We can dream with that. Yeah. I heard someone talk about that, of, of that use case of using the iPad to like control their TV or something, having like a Mac mini as like a media center thing up there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's like there's a lot of fun stuff that could happen there for sure. So um yeah, I think like that my brain's spinning already being like how could we do some cool stuff? So yeah, I think I'll probably think about that later today. Anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to before you wrap it up? Not massively. I think it's like it's just a I think it's a really interesting time to be like um not only like iPad users cuz there's so many professional tools coming to it, but like being kind of creating products for iPads a really interesting time and I think it's amazing seeing like other teams and other product teams create like really cool experiences and 
even basic stuff like the new kind of Slack update on iPad just made it feel amazing. And like, I now want that interface on my computer because it feels better than Slack on my desktop. So um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff coming out. And um, yeah, I'll be intrigued to kind of hear from you either now or like in the future, kind of like areas you think that was like professional usage of iPads is changing. Because I think it's, um, it's like, we're, I feel like for me, at least we're on the cusp of kind of it becoming that single use thing. Definitely the external monitor support is the area that it feels like it's lacking at the most at least yeah for sure i'd love to just like get out of desk and even use clamshell mode and just like pop it down and it's this like silent cool little portable desktop computer that <laughs> is also a tablet yeah definitely i have my, my macbook is a very expensive um aluminium block on my desk that doesn't really <laughs> yes. get used that much so i'm just like it feels like there's some cool stuff when you have like a similar processor in both it's like I think this could be leveraged a bit more. Um, so, yeah, maybe one day iPads will be a single device, but um, they're a really cool like partner product at the moment, and I think it's at some point that that all that like balance will sway, and iPads will become like eighty percent of the user time, and then maybe only occasionally using like a big a big desktop kind of for those other things. Yeah, and then um, FigGM you can download for free, and you, you get two projects that you can just use, and then after that, it's. Uh, that's when it starts to cost money for the user yeah it's yeah it's free to kind of use for like yourself and to like create a few files and to play around with so um i think you, yeah it just goes to like figma.com um and then you can create like and play around with like figma files and figjam files um and the same on ipad as well you can kind of download and start playing with it um and then yeah it's like i think we're at figma on twitter as well and pretty the team's pretty active on there and does some really cool stuff and people i think we often try and share like interesting things made by the community as well so um i often follow the figma account on twitter and i get some like really cool ideas from um people making amazing things on there so yeah definitely it's definitely worth a try and to kind of play with and um just kind of it's rare to get a really interesting product that works very seamlessly across different surfaces different platforms and it's um it's really fun to work on it and it's just as fun to kind of use it as well very cool well yeah thank you so much robert for your time today it's been great chatting learning more about figma no worries thanks for having me as well it's great to it's great to chat and kind of uh hear kind of outside perspectives of what we're doing as well well, there's my interview with Robert. My thanks to Robert for his time recording this interview, and my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. If you want to support the podcast, open up the App Store now and download Agenda. It's a free download and something I'd really encourage you to at least give a shot. It's one of my favorite apps that I continue to use to produce this very podcast and stay organized with all the interviews and things I have coming up for it. Learn more at www.agenda.com. You can also support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash iPadPros or subscribing in Apple Podcasts. My sincere and heartfelt thanks to everyone that does support the podcast financially over there. With that, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to everyone again real soon.